Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, we're going to do a six-minute Monday where I give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. All of these tips, all six of them, are coming from a track football consortium con- conference that I was at with Joe Sarno this past weekend. So what is that conference? It's a conference where you take these super progressive, innovative thinkers, with, where they, these guys are thinking about speed, they're thinking about strength, they're thinking about sports, specifically football, and they've also thrown in a hell of a lot about leadership. So this is the greatest thinkers that I personally know of in this realm all get together. They are innovators, and they're trying to talk to early adopters and really the people at the head of that curve. Anyway, so let's go through these six tips. Tip number one comes from the great and powerful Tony Holler, the inventor of Feed the Cats, the speed-based coach. And what he said was to think of sprinting as a central nervous system enhancer. I'll say that again. Think of sprinting as a central nervous system enhancer. Most people think about sprinting as, hey, how do I get faster running from point A to point B? And really, most of them think about it like, I'm running straight, how do I just get faster? And then they'll say, well, this has nothing to do with my sport, so I'm not going to sprint. I don't care about sprinting. I just want to, I don't know, bench press 400, or swim faster, or hit a baseball further, or whatever. What he's saying is, and they had some... They had another coach there, Coach Kula, so this is McCaffrey's coach. He said, I trained swimmers this year. I put them on a sprint-based training program, and they had 48 personal records broken this year. So they put two and two together and said, you know what? By sprinting, they swam faster. By sprinting, we have baseball players hitting the ball further. By sprinting, we have people that work in golf hitting a ball further. So again, use sprinting as a central nervous system enhancer. So guys, if you want to win the advanced training tough man this year and you don't sprint, you're losing out. All right, If you're just working on sliders or working in the gym on deadlift and squat, you're not going to win the tough man. You've got to add sprinting into what you're doing. Okay, tip number two, the strangest thing I saw all week slash at this conference was from the great Chris Korsfeist, who I'd say uh, he's like a, a, a mad scientist when it comes to strength and speed, and mostly with speed. And what he was showing was, he, so he films everything, he studies everything, again, he's a scientist, and he was showing us video of his slower athletes run and his faster athletes run. And there was a pattern of the slower athletes. When they ran, they were pushing off the outside of their foot, not driving off their big toe, and their heel was flicking away from their body as they were running. Now, this might sound like something you hear from other training outfits, specifically Goda. So I've studied Goda a little bit. Uh, He referenced Goda during the presentation, and their biggest thing is that you want to have your, I think it's your inside ankle bone high. Yeah, that's it, inside ankle bone high, and that leads to speed. And he said, look, they might be right for the people they're looking at, but those people, it seems like those people may be bow-legged. But what he's seeing through the greatest sprinters, including Usain Bolt, is that their ankle is actually not out when they run. Their ankle is in, and they're driving off the big toe. So that was the, you know, it's really mind-blowing because you have t- these two schools of thought. And I, I really do love Chris Korfeist, and I know how much effort and time he puts into this thing. And even amongst these innovators, he's regarded as, like, their scientist, as the innovator of innovators. So I need to dig more deeply into this. But these other trainers who were there also said they're going to dig into it, too, because it really caught their eye as well, especially from seeing the video footage that he showed. So that's the strangest thing I saw. Uh, I trust Chris Korfeist uh, just because of the research I've done. But I need to look at it more just because I need to learn myself. So I'm going to dig into it more, but it's the strangest thing I heard all week. Having said that, the thing I am experimenting with is an exercise he gave us. And he said it's a homework assignment he gives to his students while they're in class. He said, "Pick, do this in your most boring class. So you sit down like you're in class. 
Put your knees over your toes. You want to put your feet on the floor and have your heels slightly raised off the floor. And then you're going to drive through your big toe. And you're going to flick your ankle in and up. So flick your ankle in and up. And try and do it with your knees inside your hips and not your knees outside your hips. So you flick your, flick your ankle in and up. You can still keep your feet on the ground. So drive through that big toe and flick your ankle in and up. And that is the motion that you should be simulating when your foot is not stomping into the ground but slicing into the ground. So imagine slicing like I'm doing a karate chop at a 45-degree angle down. That's essentially what your foot should look like. And I'm probably over-exaggerating right now. As your foot hits the ground, the your heel should be inside. Your toe should be slightly outside, maybe like 10 to 30 degrees, somewhere in there. And then when you come up, whoosh, you drive through that big toe. Drive through that big toe as you're running. So I've been experimenting with it, trying to flick my ankle up. Uh, I don't know. I've been doing it a lot. When you're sitting down, watch TV, and a meeting, whatever, just do that. Make something out of it instead of being bored. Okay, tip number four. It is the quote I'm thinking about. This one also came from Tony Holler. Guy's an unbelievable presenter, and he was talking about leadership. And one of the things that he mentioned in his coaching journey was that once you surrender yourself to the outcome, you are free to be at your best. And when he was referencing it, he was saying he surrendered himself to the thought that coaching is going to be tough. And it's an uphill battle. It's like that dude who rolls a stone up a hill and then it rolls back on top of you. And that you're never going to be perfect. And you're, it's always going to be hard to coach kids. It's always going to be hard to compete with kids' other priorities. But once he resolved himself to that fact, it made keep coaching a lot easier. Versus saying, oh, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make every kid love it. Like he just said, now this is going to be tough. But I'm embracing that toughness, and now it's going to give me that strength to go on my journey. And at first, I was like, that's a little weird, right? Why would you automatically doom yourself to failure? But he said, think about a guy that you're going to fight, and he's backed against the wall. There's no way out. He knows he's going to die. Would you rather fight that guy or the guy who thinks he, you, he might have a shot of taking you? Uh, he thinks that you might let him go. He thinks that he might have an alternate route, right? That guy who has options isn't going to fight for his life the same way that someone who's backed against the wall is. So it's an interesting uh, paradigm shift. I really did like it. Um, it actually helped me make a personal decision this week that I really wouldn't have made had I not heard him say this. And I'm not going to get into it at this moment, but I may uh, once I'm ready to share it. Okay, tip number five, something that's moving me. It is this darned song. Maybe I'll say damned. I don't know who's listening to this thing. But this this video from the movie The Greatest Showman, which I've never seen, by the way. And I should have seen it because I just hosted a murder mystery party for Halloween where the theme was a circus. And people said, did you watch the show? And I did not. One of our characters at the murder mystery party was a bearded lady. She won best costume. Maybe best actor. I don't know. She won best something, but she did not stop singing the entire night. Nor did she take off her beard. And it's pretty a dedication to the character. First of all, she's trying to eat and drink food. Sorry, eat food and drink non-alcoholic beverages. Anyway, uh, so while we're at this conference, the keynote speaker who gets up to talk to us about leadership is talking to us about how courage is courageous. And he shows us this clip from The Greatest Showman. Now, to me, it was weird, right? We got a bunch of meatheads in the room, a bunch of dudes with veins sticking out of their neck, jacked up strength and conditioning coaches, football coaches. Who would want to watch a show about a musical? But what he does is he paints the picture for us and says, listen, they are trying to get funding for this movie. The person, the bearded lady is about to sing a song that she's never sang in front of anybody before. If she nails the song, they get the funding, they make the movie. If she doesn't nail the song and they don't, make the fun, uh, and they don't get the funding, the movie doesn't get made. So the director says, is trying to encourage her. So listen, 
you know, I know you're scared, but we need you to, to own this. You got to have some emotion. You got to go into the middle of this room and sing. And she's like, I never did that before. I never sang in front of anybody. And then when she starts singing, they go to the clip. And when she starts singing, she's standing behind a table in the back of the room. And she's singing the solo. And she gets like 20 seconds into it and something hits her. I don't know what it is, but she gets a little bit of courage. And she walks away from that table and she walks into the middle of the room. And then she goes over to the chorus. And you could see that they're into it, but they're not that into it. They're kind of singing with their arms at their side. And, and they're just kind of singing. Right? Like so Maybe like somebody would sing it. Because they have to at 8 o'clock in the morning at, at a Roman Catholic church, right? They're just singing like they got to sing. Then she gets into it a little more. And she looks at some guy who's supposed to sing next. She looks at him and she calls him to her. Like, come on, get up. And she's putting all this energy in. He pops out of his seat. He pops out of his seat and now, boom, he starts singing his verse in the song. And he, his energy infects her. Now she gets more energy. When she gets more energy, she looks back at the chorus. Now they're moving their arms. They get more energy. Now the whole room lights up. People that aren't even supposed to be singing are singing. You, Jack, yeah, the guy who's Wolverine, who's going to be the, the main actor in the show, I think, I never saw it. He's popping up. So now the entire room is now off their feet, singing, dancing, getting completely and totally into this song. And it's all because this lady had a little bit of courage. And she had a little bit of courage. She gave courage to that next guy. Then that next guy gave courage back to her. And then she gave courage back to the chorus. And the chorus gave courage back to the room. So a, courage is contagious. And think about this when you are a coach or a team member or whatever, right? Either A, you got to show the courage first to feed other people, or B, you have to create an environment where your players or your team members are able to feel that they can have courage, where they can act without fear. And this coach who showed us this video, he explained that when his guys play, they don't play because uh, well because they're scared of their coach and they have to perform at a certain level because if they don't, he'll yell at them. No, they play at a certain level because they have no fear that he'll yell at them. They have no fear that he is going to destroy them from making a mistake. They are they are more about the process than about the outcome, similar to surrendering yourself to the, to the outcome, right? I can't control the outcome. I can only control the process. I can control the process. So I'm going to surrender myself to practicing well, to doing everything hard. If I drop the ball, I drop the ball. Who cares? That guy's going to love me no matter what. But I am all about the process. So I've watched this video, I don't know, maybe 30 times since I got back. I've sent it to certain people who are into this stuff. But if you need to, Google it. It is... The World's Greatest Showman, the song is This Is Me, and it's just look up rehearsal. What I think is great, too, is that this lady, uh, the people in the show, they're surrendering themselves to this outcome. They are freaks, right? I'm the, the strong man. I don't know. I didn't know anything about the show. I'm a bearded lady. I'm whatever. Whatever the world at that time was considering a freak. I get it. I'm a freak, but guess what? <laughs> I'm coming. This is who I am. I'm coming. You're not going to beat me down. I'm coming. I know I'm a freak, so you can't. I'm not going to change the outcome. I'm not going to make you think I'm not a freak, but I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm getting emotional just talking about it. In the room, guys are getting emotional. It's crazy. Got Again, you got these meatheads, these uh, guys with veins sticking out of their neck, talking about a musical. All right, the last thing, and this relates to it. There was a conversation on Tua. And, sorry, this is uh, my productivity tip. Sorry. The last thing is that there, this is for coaches out there or managers or whoever. If you want your people to be more productive then you want to focus on the good that they do. So what the guy had us do was an exercise. He said, 10 seconds, look around the room, look for everybody wearing a red shirt. Go. Count them up. So we look around the room. All right. Who saw, who saw five people? Who saw 10? Who saw 15? Great. 
How many people are there with blue shirts? Nobody knew anything. Why not? Because we were only looking for the red shirts. And what he said was, if you're only looking for the bad things, then all you're going to focus on is the bad things and you're going to miss all the good things. So if you want your people to produce, you got to focus on the good things. So then he shows a clip of Tua. And they say, Tua, why are you so much better this year than you were last year? And he said, for me, I just had a different style of coaching. Uh, for me, one of the things that, that our new head coach did was he showed me 700 clips of good plays that I made in the past. And it made me realize that I was not a bad player. So 700 clips. So this, this coach took the time to show Tua the 700 clips and that's what Tua believes helped him gain more confidence in himself. And if confidence is contagious, maybe his confidence now is contagious to everybody else on the team. This is, uh, I don't know if it's another humble brag, but great minds must think alike because this year our defense was struggling and they thought they were awful. And uh, a lot of people thought they were awful. And in many reasons, they, they should have been thought to have been awful, right? We, we had a hard time stopping certain things. Now look, these are a bunch of young kids. There's a lot of freshmen and sophomore and juniors starting on the this varsity team. I think we had like two consistent senior starters the entire year on defense. So they they were already maybe if they surrendered themselves to the results and said, look, we're so young, right? We're so young. We don't got a shot. Maybe maybe we would have looked at this differently when we first started. But anyway, the whole world's telling them they stink. So we put together fifty clips of their best plays. And it was like after our sixth game, we showed it to them. Guys, you are not off. You you are good. We just got to do this more consistently, right? Like, you, look at all these great plays. If you can do this once, you can do it 10,000 times. Let's build off of this. So uh, Sarno was sitting next to me. He's like, yeah, you, you, you literally did this. And uh, it's pretty cool to see that a coach at the NFL level is doing something similar to what we're doing. Um, but again, if you, again, it's a productivity tip. Focus on the bright spots because you're going to give them courage. They're going to get... Uh, that's going to be contagious, right? It's way better than telling them they, they suck, at least in my, my opinion, because maybe they're just going to focus on the negative stuff and they're not going to be moved to get better. So really powerful stuff. Glad I went to that track football consortium. If anybody's ever interested in this stuff, I will take you with me. I feel like you need to go. I, I've already been there now with three guys that I coach with. I could see an immediate impact on their lives, our relationships, and the way we coach and the way we view people and the way we coach other people, which is certainly making, I hope, I'm not, it's not hope, I'm going to say it with certainty, it's made their lives better. It's absolutely made their lives better. So if you're interested in going, let me know. If you have nothing to do with track or football, it's like I'm thinking about the biggest takeaways I took from this thing. It was the leadership stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of great information on strength and speed and sport, but those behavioral things, they're so huge. They are the foundation they are the enhancers. Just like sprinting is your central nervous system enhancer, they are the enhancers that build everything else up. All right, people. This is way longer than six minutes. We're looking at 15 right here, but uh, I don't care. It's my podcast. I get to do what I want. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. 
But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. This episode is brought to you by ProPulse Speed Trainers, created by the mad scientist himself, David Weck. Now, in my 20-plus years of evaluating athletes, there was always one thing, one thing that I could look at and tell you if this athlete was going to be sick or if they were going to be in our coordinated mess. And I could tell you that in about five seconds. And what was it? It was the way their upper bodies moved in sync with their lower bodies. If they were in complete and total sync, I knew the athlete was going to be sick. You've always heard, look at this guy's arm angles. Look at the way the violent arm action, the way this guy runs. Well, those were always the best athletes. Now, what David Weck did is he created these little miniature weights that are about 12 ounces each that you can hold in your hand. And inside of those weights, he has these little beads. And when you run and when, you move, when you're pumping those arms, when those weights are pumping those arms, you can actually hear with those beads if you are on the right rhythm. It's actually sending a signal to your brain to say, yep, I am in pace, I am in rhythm, and it will instantly get your upper body and lower body in sync. If you want to become like Michael Jordan, Randy Morse, LeBron James, Derek Jeter, watch these guys run, watch their sick arm angles, get yours today. Go to shop.weckmethod.com. That's shop, W-E-C-K, that's weckmethod.com. Put in the code WMA270. Again, that's W. MA270. It will get you 10% off of any item that you buy. Go and get yours today.